Welcome into the Landry Football Podcast Network as we continue to get you prepared for the draft. We're going to take a look at Kentucky quarterback Will Levis. Lots been talked about him. Positive, negative, underrated, overrated. What's the deal on him? We'll delve down into his background and his skill set. Uh, we'll take you inside the film room to break it down. A reminder, though, you can get even more detailed film room breakdowns on Will Levis and every other player in this draft process. Uh, draft boards, team needs, you name it, we got it for you at LandryFootball.com. So make sure that you take advantage uh, of the scouting season offer that we have. Uh, it's a 12-month deal that'll take you all the way through this offseason, free agency draft, all the way through next football season. Um, or you can try it out for a month or six months, whatever is your pleasure. Also, a reminder to subscribe, like, and share the Landry Football Podcast Network. That's what you're listening to right now. We want to make sure that you sign up for that. Folks, it's free. Wherever you get your podcasts, just make sure you subscribe, like, and share the Landry Football Podcast Network. That'll get you notification whenever we have a podcast coming out. So appreciate you doing a couple of those things. So we'll love us. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, we, um, we're going to talk about a couple more. We'll talk about Hendon Hooker. Let's take a look at Will Levis's background to kind of contextualize what we see when I break him down on tape. He's a fifth-year senior, transferred to Kentucky from Penn State, where he did not beat out Penn State incumbent starter Sean Clifford in the three years at State College. In his final two collegiate seasons in Kentucky, he was a two-time captain, won 17 of his 24 starts. He's had two offensive coordinators at Kentucky, Liam Cohen in 21 and Rich Scangarlello in 22. While his numbers remain relatively consistent each year, it's not a stretch to say that Levis and his Wildcat team faced more adversity in 22. The offensive supporting cast around him diminished due to graduations and transfers. His offensive coordinator last season was also fired after Kentucky's final regular season game, despite operating out of the shotgun. 92% of the time, which is more than C.J. Stroud and Richardson, by the way. That may surprise folks. It was clear that Levis was functioning in an NFL offense that included a lot of shifts and motions, forcing him to direct pre-snap traffic. So I think people need to understand when they look at production, they look at the finished product. They don't understand the nuances of the game. Uh, different types of offenses that you're asked to do are a little bit more complex. So the numbers can look bad, and the production looks a lot better when you're running a more simplified offense. Well, that doesn't work in the NFL. You can't be oversimplified in the NFL because you become easier to defend. So people miss that a lot. The 22 offense also included a lot of quick streams. Now, it inflated his 65% completion percentage. His pass protection was largely ineffective in 22. And at times looked structurally unsound and didn't look like it had SEC level talent, which is not normally the case at Kentucky under Mark Stoops. Both issues inhibited his ability to complete passes, get through reads. As the hits accumulated, Lift often played hurt with a shoulder, foot, finger injuries that likely adversely impacted his performance. Teams will undoubtedly weigh these factors as they evaluate them. Um, Arm talent, accuracy, when you turn on the video of Levis, one of the first things you notice, 6'4", 229, but you also notice his quick release. While his 
staging of the ball is a little too low. You know, he gets with the top tip of the ball below the top of the jersey number. There are some plays where uh, the stages of the ball are at the V of his neck and releases passes quickly and accuracy. That's where you want to release the ball at the, the release point. Um, a critical aspect of evaluating a quarterback is to observe him throwing the ball at an in-person workout. Having not seen him in person uh, to validate the video, it's sometimes a little bit difficult, but he's got a high level arm talent. The combination of a quick release, good velocity, um, allows him to consistently win on the quick timing slant routes over the middle uh, and enable him to get the ball up and out rapidly. Um, while it's easy to get excited about that combination, some inconsistencies hold him back. Accuracy is the most important trait of any that any quarterback can have. It's the inherent physical ability to place the ball in a location to protect the ball from the nearest defender and maximize the receiver's chances to catch the ball, yes, but run after the catch. Levis is erratic at times um, in his accuracy. Um, Though there are indicators that he accurately can make all the necessary throws, his accuracy is average on a play-to-play basis. Um, There are various reasons for his lack of accuracy, starting with a narrow base, arm angles, and the ability to process and finish progressions consistently. No one led us through 10 interceptions last year. I went back and looked at all of them. Of those 10, it's arguable eight resulted from quarterback errors, including poor decision-making and ball placement. When Moving outside the pocket, Levis showed inconsistencies throwing the ball on the move to his right. In the four games I looked uh, at in particular, there were never a single play called with a movement or bootleg outside the pocket asking him to throw, to throw moving towards his left. And he's only done that just a few times they've asked him to do that. When you compare him to Stroud, you see Levis's inconsistent and at times insufficient drop back footwork as well as a typically narrow base, which often reduces his power and accuracy on upfield throws. Because he doesn't have a strong base, he's often left throwing with only his arm and does not consistently engage his legs or core or his windup. That shows up on movements outside, uh, throws outside the pocket. The video clearly shows that he has arm talent and makes some elite throws. And even while throwing with just his arm, but this also causes him to be inconsistent in locating the ball to intended targets. Looking more closely at his arm mechanics, he has shown the ability to vary his arm slot, to throw over the top, three-quarter release, sidearm. He's unquestionably more accurate throwing um, with an over-the-top motion. At times on upfield throws, the video shows a tendency to aim or shot put the ball instead of simply cutting it loose. Once again, um, in fairness to Levis and all the, the other quarterbacks in the draft process, this is the reason why I thought the in-person workout was important to see in, um, in, in, in live action. While there's some high-end flashes, it's impossible to know how much injuries impacted him. Uh, but I think it, it is normal and fair to say it affected him some. His inconsistent accuracy and mechanics are a reason to watch uh, all the videos and do the proper vetting. His athleticism, his escapability has been lauded, you know, as a good athlete. And he certainly has sufficient running ability. But I do not see his athleticism that's in the Richardson or Stroud category. Um, He's only sufficient, not special, athletically. And 
you got to answer the question whether his athleticism is enough to extend plays uh, and whether he can make good decisions and accurate throws on the run to the right and left. Just as important is whether he can use his legs to capture a few first downs and extend drives. After watching, you know, um, a number of games, I'm, I'm not convinced he can do that. Um, you know, I thought he was courageous in the pocket, struggled to escape pressure. Uh, one asked a question whether he has the sudden quick twitch feet to effectively maneuver in the pocket at the highest level. Um, he does not sense pressure consistently, often drifting into pressure rather than stepping into a quiet area of the pocket. Yet other times he moved to a quiet area to make the throw or escape and make an excellent play to advance the ball, overcoming poor pass protection to keep drives alive. His courage and toughness are unquestioned. When on the move, he's willing to take direct hits from the defense. Though he does have the frame to withstand punishment from defense, NFL defenders, he must be willing to slide to avoid uh, unnecessary hits. Like other facets of his game, he has some highs and lows from a mental perspective. Before the snap, he shows a good command of the offense, making calls and lining up players at the line of scrimmage effectively. During the play, he can be seen looking off of safety, getting through progressions, or finding um, his flare control in the flat. He can be decisive, particularly in the quick pass game, though he may take longer to process outside of that. One of the more critical aspects is the time he spends with the coaching staff and how people feel like um, he can uh, he, he can absorb the game and his uh, ability to learn and retain. Um, you know, I think all those things are going to be really important. To kind of sum it up, his play has been so much of a roller coaster. He's extremely impressive and he flashes but he's got a lot of room to grow in some other areas. Um, there's no question in my mind that some of the ineffectiveness had something to do with um, injuries. Folks, production is important in college, but it does not tell you how good a player is, is going to be. It's the skill set that creates the production. That ultimately determines whether the guy's going to have transferable skills at the next level to the NFL level. So I'm not saying it doesn't matter whether a guy's productive in college. It is, but only to the point of does his skill set that allows him to be successful in college also transfer to the NFL level? If it does, then you've got kind of visual proof, prima facie evidence that the guy has the skill set physically to do it at the next level. But because a guy is productive, because he has good numbers, doesn't necessarily mean he's going to transfer. He's not an elite draw, uh, jaw-dropping athlete like Richardson. He's not as polished from a technical standpoint as, as Stroud. Um, and, and while he only has sufficient athleticism, I don't see him as an immediate starter in the NFL. Um, while I feel good about what Stroud is and what Richardson is, I feel mess, uh, less comfortable about what Levis is. I know what he can be, but there's a lot of work to be done. Um, I think that 
the environment he played in Kentucky did not help him. I mean, it hurt him. Um, so you have to look at, in my mind, for him, it's a lot of unknowns, but the potential's there and the importance of the quarterback position, how good he's going to be in the league is in question, but but he's going to get taken high because he has potential. Now, how successful is really going to depend upon how quickly he can adjust and learn and improve on the deficiencies that he has, which we've talked about some of them here. And I think that's going to be pivotal. So who he goes with and, and how he can develop, look, can this guy eventually become um, a Ben Roethlisberger type of guy? Look, Ben Roethlisberger finished off a great career. There are a lot of question marks about Ben Roethlisberger at Miami. Had awful games against Iowa, turning the football over. Just, But he had more football in his background. He played, had more starts. Will has had less productivity, but he's also had circumstances that contributed to that. So what you have to do is factor all of that in. And I do think he's going to be taken in the first round. And I do think it is fair to question whether Levis or Hooker will go uh, first. It is possible somebody could look at Levis and see he's more of a pro-style pocket guy that they like more than, say, Richardson. There is clearly the top two in Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Uh, in any order you want to put them, I do think the wild card's going to be Richardson. Then I think Levis and Hooker or the other guys that, again, depending on what you're looking for, and if you're looking for more polish and quarterback passing traits at this stage, then you would go with the latter two over Richardson. If you're looking at the modern-day guy that athletically can do things that guys in the league quarterbacks in the league today are doing, then I think Richardson would be certainly more appealing. So that's a look at Will Levis. Hopefully that clears up a lot of things. As you hear this, this guy's great. This guy's that. This guy's awful. This gives you some context, a true evaluation of what the guy is. So uh, we give you that right here on the Landry Football Podcast Network. We also give it to you, network rather. We also give it to you at LandryFootball.com. So make sure that you check us out over at LandryFootball.com. Take advantage of the scouting season offer. Um, or try it out for a month or six months, whatever is your pleasure there. and get the best uh, scouting and um, draft and free agent information, college football information that you can get on the market at LandryFootball.com. But for now... We bid you adieu. We'll take a look at another quarterback coming up next on the next edition of the Landry Football Podcast on the Landry Football Podcast Network. So remember to subscribe, like, and share the Landry Football Podcast Network. So long, everybody.